about to listen to a sermon from Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church. As a church, we want to see whole communities captivated by Jesus Christ and living out His freedom. to you from Galatians starting at chapter 3 verses 23 and finishing at chapter 4 verses 7. Before this faith came we were held prisoners by the law locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come we are no longer under the supervision of the law. You are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What I am saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the law. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Hello, my name is David Honey, and I'm one of the congregation members here at NIAC, and I have the privilege of sharing God's word with you today. I want to start with a phrase, a catch cry, that's become emblematic in our contemporary culture. Don't find yourself on the wrong side of history. At the moment, though, it seems all too easy to find yourself on the wrong side of history. Our news feeds are filled with pictures of angry mobs defacing and destroying monuments to colonialism, which proves that justice has a long memory and those who were fated yesterday may well be denounced today. As we anticipate coming out of the historic pandemic exile, we of Newtown and Erskineville Anglican Church have spent these last few weeks of digital connection reflecting on what it means to be the Church of Jesus Christ. We started this process by reflecting on the glorious future that awaits us, the promise of being gathered together bodily before the glorified Lord Jesus. Next, we reflected on God's promise of the Church as a new humanity in Christ, one that breaks down the present divisions between social groupings and deconstructs the whole concept of race relations. Having situated ourselves towards the coming kingdom and in the present of a distinct and new people, we now need to meditate on the past of our gospel story, the history of promise fulfilled in the death and resurrection of Jesus the Christ, and what that promise means for us to be on the right side of history. As we reflect back on the story of the Christian church, we'll see that the children of Abraham are those who live by the spirit of the Lord Jesus and are therefore those who live trusting in mercy 
against the demands of justice. The children of Abraham live in mercy against the demands of justice. But before we look at more of that, let me pray for us. Our great God and loving Heavenly Father, you are the Lord of all and the judge of all the earth. Father, we pray that you would have mercy on us. As the children of Abraham, give us the gift of your spirit that opens our eyes to the gift of the Lord Jesus, that we might live by faith in him. And we pray this for his glory's sake. Amen. My key verse for today, I'll keep coming back to this, is from Galatians chapter 3, verse 7. It came in the middle of the Bible reading we just heard. Paul writes to the Galatians, Understand then that those who have faith are the children of Abraham. In the Bible, the right side of history is captured in this phrase, the children of Abraham. In the greater Bible story arc, to be on the right side of history is to be or belong to the children of Abraham. Nearly 4,000 years ago, God spoke to a Bedouin herdsman in ancient Mesopotamia, modern-day Iraq, a man named Abraham. And back in Genesis chapter 12, God made these promises to Abraham. We can read them there. God said, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse anyone who treats you with contempt. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. The children or descendants of Abraham are that particular group through whom God is going to reverse the disaster of humanity's rebellion against their creator and we re- that we read about in the beginning of the Bible story. The children of Abraham will be great, blessed by God, and also a blessing to others. In fact, to all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through them, blessed with mercy. From these promises, we see that God intended to show mercy on humankind, despite their failings, and make a way for all people to share in those blessings. Now, despite the magnitude of these promises, Abraham was a pretty ordinary man who made bad decisions that had lasting consequences. In fact, some would draw a line from the current crisis in the Middle East, that is, all the bad blood between Israel and Palestine or any of the other Arab nations. Some would draw a straight line back through the simple foolish choices that this man, Abraham, and his wife, Sarah, made. Nevertheless, Abraham trusted that God would make good on his promises. He and his wife Sarah were blessed by God and so took their place on the right side of history. The children of Abraham grew into the nation of Israel, the Jews, and to enable them to live as the children of Abraham and therefore God's special people, God gave them a law, most commonly known as the Ten Commandments. If the people kept the law, they would live under the promises that God made to Abraham. They would remain on the right side of history. But they couldn't uphold God's law. And in the end, that law served only to condemn them. Paul speaks about it in Galatians chapter 3, verse 10. All those who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. As it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. You see, if you can't keep the whole of the law, then you might as well not keep any of it. You've failed. But laws don't change hearts. 
God knew this. And so he promised to intervene in the lives of Abraham's children in two spectacular ways. First, by sending his son into the line of Abraham to be born under the law of Israel. Or as Paul describes it in Galatians chapter 4, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we may receive adoption to sonship. That adoption was to the sonship in the line of Abraham. The son of Abraham was none other than Jesus of Nazareth, who in the power of God's spirit, not only fulfilled the purpose of the law, but also fulfilled the just requirements of Israel's failure to uphold the law. Or as Paul says in Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone who hung on a pole. So now, in the fulfillment of the promises made to Abraham and in keeping with the law of Israel, anyone who trusts in Jesus as Saviour is considered by God to be a child of Abraham, to be on the right side of history. Paul calls this justification or being considered righteous by God. But it's not always easy to trust God. Abraham certainly had trouble with it. In fact, the Bible goes even further than this and states that it's not possible to trust God without his second spectacular intervention. And that was the gift of his spirit to enable the uh, children of Abraham to trust in God's promises and so become the spiritual heirs of those promises. Paul talks about it like this in Galatians chapter 3. God redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles, that is, not the Jews, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Seeing and knowing that sinful people would fail under the law, God had nevertheless always intended to enable his people to receive the blessing of Abraham. In fact, now anyone can be on the right side of history. Some 800 years before Jesus' ministry, the prophet Ezekiel saw this, I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. The gift of God's spirit enables anyone to trust in the work of Jesus for them. So that instead of living according to the law of Israel, anyone, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, man or woman, can live before God by faith. So we come back to our key verse. Understand then that those who have faith are the children of Abraham. Now the church in Galatia to whom this letter is written, they were in danger of ending up on the wrong side of history. They began well, gratefully accepting the gift of God's spirit, their place in the spirit's work, but the pull of tradition is dragging them back from the, to the wrong side of history. Paul describes it like this in chapter 3, verse 3. Are you so foolish after beginning by the means of the Spirit? Are you now trying to finish by the means of the flesh? You see, the Galatians are facing a crisis of confidence. They're more concerned to be justified by the history of the people, defined by laws that govern the flesh, rather than risking the freedom of living by faith in the work of the Spirit. 
But laws don't change hearts. Because as Paul mentioned earlier, if you can't keep the whole of the law, you might as well not keep any of it. What's more, the people's laws have a way of changing, becoming obsolete. The anger and protests of denunciation that are ablaze on social media at the moment reflect the latest in a long line of attempts to right the wrongs of history. And in doing so, they're declaring that which was legal to now be obsolete, in fact, detestable. So now, men like Winston Churchill, who led England and Europe through the greatest crisis of the 20th century, face the swift and terrible justice of revolutionary zeal because he's on record as being a racist. Now, the Galatians are in an even worse situation because they want to exchange the mercy of God on offer through Jesus for the justice of God, which never changes. Paul says, Clearly no one is justified before God by the law because the righteous will live by faith. See, here Paul is agonising with the church the only way to be justified before God, to be the children of Abraham, to be on the right side of history, is to live by the Spirit of God, trusting that Jesus is the greatest son of Abraham and has borne the curse of the law for you. That's the faith of the children of Abraham, those with the Spirit of Jesus who call out for mercy under the threat of justice. Paul describes it in chapter 4. Because you are his sons, God sent his spirit, the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. Understand then that those who have faith are the children of Abraham. As we prepare to be released from the constraints of this pandemic, the constraints that have reduced our life as the church to the absolute minimum, let's not waste the opportunity to reflect on who we are as the children of Abraham, those who live by faith in Jesus, those who live on the right side of the history of God's mercy. Paul had to remind the Galatians not to forget their place in that history. And my concern is that I'm not always confident that being justified before God, being considered a child of Abraham, to be on this side of history is always what motivates us as a church, whether it be corporately or individually. I wonder sometimes that it's not more important for us to be justified before the judgment seat of Twitter or Instagram. I think most of us know well the thrill of fear when we post something that's against the grain of a discussion thread, the weight of shame, how anxiously we hang on the justifying power of likes. If I'm honest with myself, in the day-to-day, I think I'm far more concerned at times about being justified by my attitude towards race or gender or sexuality or the environment. And the laws that govern these things change if you wait long enough. Yesterday's heroes can all too easily become today's villains. Because laws don't change hearts, do they? Only the spirit of God's mercy can do that. The current uprising following the death of George Floyd shows us that you can't escape the judgment of the people and their wrath, and there's no mercy in a revolution. To be sure, black lives matter, 
because Jesus died for them. Women of all colors deserve honor among us because the Son of God gave his life for them. And human sexuality matters because God the Son bore the curse that otherwise distorts and demeans our bodies, genders and identities. But the curse that Christ bore for us will save us from the judgment and wrath of God. At the same time, the gift of the Spirit who comes through Christ means that the church, as the children of Abraham, are on God's side of history. Or as Paul said, he redeemed us in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. Paul is telling us that the way to be on God's side of history and to escape the judgment of all and any law is to trust in the sacrifice of Christ, who fulfilled the law perfectly, but offered himself as a substitute that we might receive mercy. God's side of history offers mercy to the fallen, freedom from the past, and hope for the coming judgment. Let's be the children of Abraham who live on the side of history blessed by mercy and the gift of faith. Let's call ourselves the children of Abraham. And when we come back together, let's introduce ourselves as those who've received mercy. Let me pray for us. Our great God and loving Heavenly Father, we pray for mercy. We pray, Lord, that the, your Spirit would work in our hearts to hear the call, to receive the mercy that comes through Jesus, to take our place in the children of Abraham, in that line, and be on your side of history. Give us confidence in that promise and empower us with your Spirit to be those who live in the light of your mercy and all this so that Jesus might be glorified among us. Amen. listening to the Newtown Erskineville Anglican Church podcast. For more audio content and information about our church, please visit neac.com.au.